Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? Welcome to A View from City Hall. This is Chad McLeod, one of your Lakeland City Commissioners. Again, welcome or welcome back to A View from City Hall. If you've listened before, I appreciate you coming back to the podcast. Today is June 17th. It's a Wednesday morning when I'm recording this. I've been trying to get these episodes out a little sooner. I'm still uh, trying to find a, a schedule that works for this podcast. I have another podcast that I do uh, for my public relations business called On Message. And so I'm I'm busy with that one, but I don't want to uh, lose sight uh, of this podcast because I have had people who have shared with me that they enjoy listening. They enjoy uh, getting updates on the city and things that are happening. Uh, I know there are many people who follow city events and updates, and you read The Ledger, you read Lakeland Now, you read LAL Today, and so you're very well informed. But there may be others who don't, and and if this is a way to provide updates as well as my perspectives on some of the things that we're dealing with as, as a city, then, then I think it's a good thing. I just finished this morning uh, sharing with or speaking to a group of public relations professionals here in Polk County. It's the Dick Pope Polk County chapter of the Florida Public Relations Association. It's a mouthful, um, but that association has been a big part of my career, and I, I love that chapter here locally and uh, just the, the members, and it was a fun time to talk. I was actually talking about my campaign for city commissioner and some of the PR lessons that were learned from that, but I, I want to give a shout out to that group and, and thank them for having me. Uh, we met via Zoom, as many of you are, are doing these days, and um, it's, uh, you know, we're just doing a lot of virtual meetings, but it was fun, and, and if I mentioned this podcast, so maybe I've got some FPRA members who are who are coming to this podcast. But I want to talk about a couple of things this week. Um, we've had a, a lot that has been happening. I want to talk about an update on our city manager search, an update on the broadband partnership or potential partnership that we might have with with a third party vendor uh, downtown. I want to talk a little bit about um, downtown and. Uh, the last thing is the community forum on race relations that the commission is leading on Monday, June 29th. And so a couple of things that, that I'm covering today. Again, thank you for listening. You may have seen that our city manager, Tony Delgado, announced that he is retiring at the end of September. And so as the commission, our job is to to find his replacement. We have two employees who report to the commission, the city manager and the city attorney, and everyone else uh, is under uh, one of those. And every uh, all of the other staff positions report up through uh, either the city attorney or, or the city manager. So it's a, it is a big decision, I believe, for our commission to find uh, a replacement for Tony. Tony's been with the city a long time, um, has a lot of institutional knowledge. I have only worked with him for about six months, the time that I've been in office. Um, but I think he's guided our city very well through the challenges that we've had this year. And he will leave big shoes to fill, I, I, I believe. So we have discussed how, where do we go? How, how do we move forward? Uh, our last uh, agenda study meeting, that's the meeting on Fridays that we have before the official commission meeting. But we decided to bring in a firm to do a national search for a new city manager. I know we have some internal candidates who are going to to apply, and I think that's great. My perspective on this is that we want to do a broad search. We want to look outside. Um, we may very well uh, land on hiring somebody from within, but with a position of this size and magnitude, the importance 
of it, uh, managing the entire city operations, our budget and staff. And, and I think we owe it to, to you all, our citizens, our residents, to be as thorough as we can in our search. And if we hire someone internally that we can say, we, this is the best candidate. Or if we hire someone from the outside, we can say, we have, we've done this uh, comprehensive search and extensive interview process, and, and we're confident this is the best choice for the job. It's crucial, I believe, that we get this right. And, and so we will spend a lot of time on this one uh, over the next few months. We have a special meeting next Wednesday morning to uh, look at some of the search firms that have expressed interest in, in coming on board and, and leading this process. It is probably going to cost the city somewhere between $35,000, $40,000, I would say max $50,000 uh, to hire a search firm. I think that's a, a worthwhile expense. Uh, to make sure that we get this decision right. And it, it, it might seem like that's that's a lot of money uh, to bring in a firm, but but I really do believe it's worth the expense to bring in uh, a firm with this kind of expertise. And this is what they do. And they, they run these types of executive searches for cities and counties. And uh, again, next Wednesday is when we look at those firms and then uh, hopefully we decide on one very quickly and and start moving. You know, Tony retires at the end of September. Uh, I I don't know if there's a, a chance that he'll stay on longer if we're still in the search process. I know Commissioner Scott Franklin asked him that question uh, recently, and uh, he said he needed to, to talk to his family and think that one over, and that's understandable. I, I know you know Tony and, and his wife want to enjoy retirement, um, so we'll see. You know, can we wrap this up by the end of September? That's ambitious. I, I think it's going to be. You know, there's a lot that we have to to do in terms of um, selecting candidates, interviews, and and all that goes along with that. Um, and, and I know that is going to be a big item on our list. Uh, going through the summer and into the fall. So stay with us on that. I will continue to talk about the process on this podcast. And if you have questions or thoughts on it, uh, please send them to me, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. I always love hearing feedback and, and comments from our residents. The second thing I wanted to talk about is the broadband um, project. And it seems like we haven't talked about the broadband project initiative in a long time. And that's because uh, earlier in the year, I think we issued the request for proposals, uh, we call it an RFP, back in February. This was before all things COVID-19, and um, we're looking for potential partners, private sector vendors who could potentially partner with the city on broadband, on improving broadband access in our city and and seeing what that might look like. You know, that, that was a popular topic last year, especially during the campaign. Um, the commission, before I came on board, and I think made the right call, uh, decided not to venture out and do this alone uh, as the city of Lakeland, but to look for a partner in this project, someone who this is their expertise, this is their core competency, um, and, and partner with them and maybe be able to accomplish the things that, that a lot of us would like to see uh, in improving broadband capabilities, accessibility uh, through, our, through our region. So that um, we initially, I know it seems like, gosh, um, you know, you issued the RFP in February, here we are in June. We had things not unfolded the way they did with the coronavirus, uh, we, we would have been further along. We ended up extending the deadline for companies to submit a proposal on this one. I think the original deadline was going to be 
in April, and, and we gave an extension. We heard from several vendors in the the tech industry that it was it was difficult to get um, people together to get the information they needed to be able to put together a quality proposal. My first reaction was I, I wasn't sure I wanted to extend the deadline. I know that a project like this that involves if if we partner with a company and they're involved in uh, a broadband initiative and and um, all that goes along with that, deadlines and deliverables are very important. And so my first reaction was, I, I don't know. I don't know that I want to extend the deadline. But after hearing from some of the vendors, some of the concerns they had, the issues they were having in putting together these proposals, and we were hearing similar things from different companies, um, then I think most of us as commissioners said, okay, well, we're agreeing to extend the deadline into June, uh, and the deadline is this Thursday, June 18th. So we will get those uh, proposals. City staff will collect those and, and we'll be sending those to the commission. The city commission will act as the selection committee for this project. So um, if we decide to partner with a firm, the commission will, will make that decision. I'm not clear yet exactly on the process going forward. That's something I've got to get my hands around is, you know, what does that selection process look like? Much like the city manager uh, selection process. This project is is new to me. This will be the first time that I've you know, been on a selection committee looking at vendors of, of a project of this size, potentially, for the city. And so I'm very intrigued. I, I think there's real opportunity to partner with a private company on this. And I know that there are companies that want to come in and offer broadband service, uh, offer high-speed internet, and, and be able to get into this market. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what that looks like going forward. Again, I welcome your thoughts uh, as we move into this process and, and what that means for the city. I, I do know that, especially as we've been, a lot of us have been working from home. You've had kids doing school from home, and and I've heard from a number of families who have said it's it's a challenge with with internet um, when you've got multiple people on a device at the same time. And so there's a desire certainly to have faster internet. There's a desire to have fast internet that's available throughout the city. I, you know, there, there's some families that don't have internet at all or, or high, certainly not high-speed internet. And, and that's been really hard for students who've been trying to learn at home. And so there's there's room here as a city for us to to improve, to, to get better. And, and I'm hoping that this project partnering with a, a third-party company is, is going to allow us to do that. So, so stay tuned um, on that one. I want to talk a little bit about downtown as well. Um, two components to it. The road diet. I mentioned this on the last podcast, but now uh, I think most of the temporary construction uh, has been completed. And so if you travel that stretch of South Florida between, if you're going north on South Florida into downtown from um, Ariana to Lime Street, has the lanes have been reduced. This is a trial phase. This is not a done deal. Um, this is led by the Florida Department of Transportation. Again, as I mentioned on the last podcast, all of the funding for this, for the construction that you're seeing right now, all of that funding is coming from the state, the State Department of Transportation. We've had some questions. Anytime there are transportation projects in the city, I, I see people asking about how much money are we spending? That's a valid question, always. Um, but it's important to recognize that this project is not coming from the city's budget. So um, the Department of Transportation is is leading this effort. They are leading the effort to collect data. So what, what does that mean? What are they collecting? Well, they, they want to see how many cars, and, and I'm simplifying this. I don't 
speak in the terms that if you talk to our transportation planners at the city, they have a, it's a little more sophisticated view of this, but um, the data is the number of cars that are going through that stretch every day. Uh, the number of cars that are going into side streets, side neighborhoods, areas around this portion of, of the road diet, the travel time in that stretch. What does it mean? What's the average time to get through that part of South Florida at peak travel times? So in the morning for morning commutes right now, it's interesting. I I took my car in for service recently and the uh, shop owners and the mechanics, they were very interested in talking about the road diet. And, and their perspective was, this doesn't make any sense to us. You know, I I don't, don't get it. Like, why would you reduce the capacity on a busy stretch that's only expected to increase, especially as downtown grows. And 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 I said that's a, a fair point. But they also said, honestly, our experience, and they said we travel down this road, uh, we come from North Lakeland and we come south, it hasn't been that bad. Now, we as we discussed uh, there in their shop, you know, schools are out. There's probably less traffic on the roads this summer than what we will see in the fall. And so this is why th- this test phase will run for about a year. And I definitely want to, you know, I'll be curious to see what the data shows, but I also want to hear from people on this. What is your experience like? What's it been like? Um, for me, I, I've only driven it, I haven't driven during peak time. So I've, I've gone through there during the weekends and uh, maybe in the mid-morning or early afternoon, um, but I haven't experienced, I have not experienced significant delays, but, but that's just me. Interestingly enough, yesterday evening, my wife was trying to get um, from North Lakeland down to the Cleveland Heights YMCA. And she sent me a text and she said, this road diet is horrible. And so I know where she stands on it. Um, but I, and, and we were joking and she just said she was, um, it was a busy time. It was at 515 in, in the afternoon. And, and so certainly that's a peak time. I, I do want to hear from people while I'm very interested in data, I want to hear about your experience. What has it been like for you and your commute? And so please share with me, reach out, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. If you live in that area and you um, experience, or, or maybe you're not seeing much impact from overflow traffic, I'd be curious to hear from you all as well. All of this is going to be part of I believe, of our decision-making process when the commission decides, do we make this permanent or not uh, after the test phase? As I was sharing with the uh, guys who were working on my car, that the thought behind, uh, and many of you know this, but the thought behind reducing lanes on that stretch of South Florida, uh, going from, you know, going to a uh, north and south lane with a turn lane in the middle, is it allows uh, the sidewalks to be expanded. The sidewalks are incredibly narrow right now. If you've ever driven through on a Saturday morning and seen the line around Born and Bread and how close people are to the sidewalk, really, it's it's a public safety issue, number one. Um, and then there, the, the business community of Dixieland in that area, there's real interest in being able to have a storefront presence of expanding sidewalks and and seeing that area as a gateway into and, and out of downtown. And we've seen that in some other cities. I believe Winter Park is one. I, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head where, where we have seen similar approaches to roads going in and out of downtown. And so that that's the thought behind it. And I am interested and open to that. I have not made up my mind on this either way. To me, it's still, it's fluid. Uh, it, it, 
it's a real possibility, but but we want to see what the impacts are going to be. I know transportation changes in general can be hard. Um, it's I, I always look at things and think, well, how is that going to work? Um, but I'm also not a traffic engineer, and so I don't I, I don't have that expertise. Um, but definitely want to be able to make a good decision for Lakeland and for this road in the future. Another part of downtown I mentioned on another podcast is the idea uh, that has been uh, put out by the Lakeland Economic Development Council to close portions of Kentucky Avenue and make it uh, pedestrian only, allow restaurants to be able to have tables in the road, uh, really just make it a, a place where people can gather, can eat outside, and and change the face of downtown. I am very interested in this. I like this idea the more I think about it. I don't know... I, I'm one of seven on the commission, so I don't know where the we have not talked about this as a commission. I know that um, there are considerations to take into account from the restaurants uh, along Kentucky Avenue and the other restaurants in downtown. Uh, there are a lot of stakeholders who are involved in this discussion. But as a resident, if I step back and kind of step out of my my commissioner role, I, I think this is a this idea has real potential and something that could make, uh, downtown, a place where people want to linger, people want to stay and walk around, and I don't, I don't feel like we have that right now. In in our current state, um, as restaurants are doing their best to get back to somewhat of a normal operating capacity, I know that the curbside pickup uh, has been crucial to to businesses, to restaurants in downtown, and so I'm not in a hurry to take that away or. Um, saying that this this change should happen immediately, but for the future, I, I think it's it's a good idea. And um, But again, I, I want to hear from residents. I want to hear from people who um, can give me their perspective, what they think. Uh, certainly, I look to talk to more restaurants and businesses in the downtown community, which I'm a part of. I mean, we have a, our public relations consulting firm is on Kentucky Avenue next to Mitchell's Coffee Shop. Now, we're not a retail establishment, and so we don't uh, we're on a, the second floor uh, of a building, but I, I just think of the potential and the things that are happening for downtown and, and what something like that um, could could really mean for it and how it could transform it. So send me your thoughts on that one. would love to hear, hear more. The last thing I, that I want to mention, and I'm almost out of time because I'm trying to keep these episodes around 20 minutes, and I'm, I'm right there, is the Community Forum on Race Relations on Monday, June 29th at the RP Funding Center. And this is has uh, come out of recent discussions that we've had on the commission about just the current uh, state of affairs in our nation, the things that have been happening, but specifically what uh, all of this means for Lakeland and how can Lakeland uh, improve, um, possibly change the way that, it, that it, things are done or um, the way that we as a city... Um, engage and interact with our African-American neighborhoods, um, Hispanic neighborhoods and communities, and and just to hear from people in the city, in the greater Lakeland area, on on their perspective. For me, and I think this is the heart for the rest of our commission as well, or we, we, we would not be having this event, I really want to listen. I want to hear. I want to hear from people. I, I, I said it one of the meetings shortly after um, the killing of George Floyd that I, I believe Lakeland and, and some many other cities have made progress as it relates to, to race relations in recent years. I look at the relationships that many of the commissioners have have had for many years and have developed during their time on the commission. This was well before I, I came uh, into leadership. And I think that 
that there are things, um, examples of progress, examples of success. However, it is easy for me to say um, this. My perspective is from that of a white male in his 30s. I've never walked in the shoes of my my fellow African-American Lakeland residents and, and African-American friends. I haven't lived their life or perspective. And so I, I think as leaders, it's first we need to listen. Uh, and I go back to the principle of, of seek to understand and then to be understood. And I, I really believe in our nation that that our our issues as a country extend beyond racism and go into the way that that we often treat each other especially those with different viewpoints and and uh you know we see it so much on social media the the ability to say things without restraint and and just to rush and try to prove the other side wrong and i i wonder what it would look like if we stop more and and try to understand before we rush uh, to make our own point and make ourselves understood. And so that's where I'm coming from into this forum, and, and I look forward to it. Um, I think, uh, as Commissioner Philip Walker has mentioned recently, that we want to highlight that Lakeland is not some of the other cities that we're seeing right now. We believe, and I believe we have great leadership at our police department. Can things improve? Sure. Um, and that's the case with any organization. I think we've got a, a great chief in, in Ruben Garcia. Many of you know that my dad um, was in law enforcement my entire life and, and was police chief in two different cities uh, up until the time he died in 2012. He was chief in, at the city of Auburndale. And so um, certainly there, you know, that influences my um, the way that I, I view law enforcement and, and what they do every day. I know my dad would have been, um, as many law enforcement officers have been, he would have been upset and outraged at what happened in Minneapolis. He, he would also be... Uh, upset at the way that incidents like these cast such a, a dark shadow over the the thousands of, of men and women in law enforcement who not only risk their lives every day for, for our communities, but they do so many good deeds that go unnoticed. And so there's there's that. And so I, I do, I, I have a strong appreciation for, for our men and women uh, in law enforcement. And um, but I, I've seen in the chief recently, just he's been out in the community meeting with different groups. I think any group that has invited him to come and speak and and listen, he has gone. He's been there and he's been to, the first to admit we can improve things. We want to improve things. I, I'm excited about the Citizens Advisory Board for the police department. This was in the works well before uh, the incidents in Minneapolis um, in in Georgia and and things that have happened. Uh, but it's a it's a way we've got nine members uh, who are from the community who will act as as a liaison between the police department and and the community and the neighborhoods where they live, uh, and also review different things, policies, procedures of the department to to make recommendations and suggestions for improvements. And I, I think this is going to be a, a great tool uh, for the department and for the city of Lakeland as well. Uh, as commissioners, we got a chance to to make a nomination to that. Um, we had some great applicants. I will say that I read every application that was submitted and really enjoyed reading why people wanted to to serve uh, on that that board. I, I'll tell you, my nominee was Tom Williams, and so Tom, um, I didn't know Tom going into this process, um, but I, I got to know more about his background. And uh, Tom is a business owner. He's been in the the timber and forestry industry. I don't know a lot of people who work in in that industry. Um, but Tom also, he, he volunteers mentoring youth. He is very involved with Parker Street Ministries 
he attends Strong Tower Church and and has just, I, I think, a great perspective that he's going to bring to that board. And so um, a lot of uh, good community representatives who are, who are going to be part of that. I mentioned at Monday's commission meeting that we have a lot of people on the board who are involved with the foster care system, who mentor foster youth, who are part of the Guardian Ad Litem program. And I was thrilled to see that. In the month of May was National Foster Care Month. My wife and I have been foster parents for a little over two years. Uh, what an experience that has been. Uh, there's still a huge need for foster parents in this community, and so I'm always happy to share our story and talk about that with anybody who might be interested. But I was just thrilled to see uh, that many people on that advisory board for the police department are connected to uh, the foster care system and involved with with mentoring youth and uh, the the next generation of Lakelanders. So uh, there you have it. That is, uh, I think, all I've got for this episode. I really appreciate you listening to A View from City Hall. I appreciate the opportunity to serve and and to be uh, on the commission right now. I, I was sharing with someone yesterday, I I love the job and, and the role and the privilege. There are things that I wish were different, but I think that's always going to be the case to some extent in public office. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to represent Lakeland. Have a great week. Uh, it's Father's Day weekend, so remember dads out there, and, and happy Father's Day to, to all the dads listening. I'll see you back here again soon.